What's up, Danny? How's it going, Tyler? Oh, not too bad. Just ready for another episode of Fried Squirms. I'm, like, really ready. Like, this smoke's blowing up in my face already. This Fried Squirms, we're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. This week is going to be VFW. But to start things off, as we always do, since we're here partially to get stoned, let's talk about our green hats. Danny? Oh, you know what? Let's also celebrate a little bit, because... Although it's technically been legal in this state this past year, we just went full recreational. Yes, we did. Even though, you're right, you and I, we've had our cards for quite a bit. It's nice to know that others who haven't had that chance or luxury are enjoying the benefits now. So, Well, in this past year, it's been a weird in-between state because, like, we had medical before that. Correct. But this last year, it's been legal to have. Like, anybody could have it. But it's most crazy, of these right? fucks couldn't go buy it. Uh, <laughs> got them. We could buy it. Oh, yeah. Those all fucks day. couldn't. Now, yeah. we all can. <laughs> they just pay more. That's so funny, <laughs> man. But, I mean, you know, it is it is what it is, dude. But you're right. We've had the luxury for a while now. So, this feels good. Full-on wreck. Way to go, Montana. Anyway, green hits. I'm already starting to smoke, obviously. Danny, what am I hitting? All right, so I brought over a very popular strain, a strain that we've both brought over several times before. And once again, no stranger to the show because I went by flower and I picked up a pack of sour diesel joints. Ooh. So for those who are curious, sour diesel, also known as sour D and sour D's, it's a popular sativa strain, and it's made by crossing Chemdog and Super Skunk. Now, the effects are dreamy, cerebral, fast-acting, and energizing. This strain features a pungent flavor profile. That smells like diesel, hence its name. Now, this does help with symptoms like depression, pain, and stress. I was reading a little bit about this, too, because of the terpene profile on it. Mm-hmm. Now, this one, its main terpene is karyophylline. And this one is actually a very unique terpene amongst all the terpenes, being that it's the only one that binds to the CB2 receptors. Okay. And what does that mean? It means that instead of giving typically like a very euphoric kind of high, it gives you more of a medicinal. And in this case, it's anti-inflammatory. So it's kind of associated with like peppers and cloves and things with cinnamon, stuff like that. Okay. But I was like, that's pretty good to know because of its medical properties. So, you know, we're talking about medical and rec. So it's just another reason why it's nice to to have this available for us and now to those who go on rec. All right. So this week I uh, decided I might end up making you a little bit of a sleepy boy. <laughs> I don't mind. Grab some purple nightshade. Now, I should have been paying more attention while I was at the shop to see exactly where the purple was coming from. Probably guess something like GDP. I could see that. That makes sense. But you never know. There's there's a few different strains with perp in it that they definitely could have mixed in. Nightshade, it was harder to find. Like, because I know Nightshade's a strain, and purple, you know, this is one of those strains that's just two names punched together. Nightshade is a cross of cashmere and Nepali. Mm. Now, I know it's pretty often we can find some Nepali pink at a couple of the different shops around town. But the nightshade, you end up having a 70-30 indica-dominant hybrid 
which year then cross and with that GDP couldn't find any, you know, nobody's written up anything specifically on this strain, but those are the parents you're getting it from going to get those nice relaxing indica effects. So, well, I can go ahead and say this is like, I really do like indica. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be all right. Trying to think if there's anything else we need to, well, like as always go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash fried squirms, you know, lowest money tier scenario. Uh, you know, you listened to this last week. Exactly. You could have already had this a week ahead of time. Highest up, we got things like the Discord server and promises of more in the future when we have more time. And especially now that we're getting out of like the holiday season and being busy as fuck. Like, dude, I've been cleaning my fucking apartment all weekend because I got apartment inspection and shit coming up. Like, No, it's new year, new us. Pretty much. <laughs> Let's see. 2022. Oh, yeah, that's another first show of the new year. Happy New Year. Yeah, precisely, dude. So it's all kinds of new stuff going on and all kinds of interesting things to see what happens this year. That's right. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm also excited to talk about this movie. Let's get on to that. Find out the guts and bolts of VFW. Guts and bolts. All right. Guts and bolts. VFW. Who and what went in the making of this flick? Start you off with a spoiler-free synopsis. New drug on the streets, turning people into, like, ultimate dope fiends, right? And basically just zombied out. A drug dealer kills a chick, her sister, in retaliation, steals the stash, goes on the run, ends up in a VFW. Her and the veterans have to fight off the junkies for the night. What more can you say without spoiling anything? I mean, that's <laughs> that is spoiler free. That's also ninety percent of the movie, right? I mean, this movie is pretty. It direct. is its premise. Yeah, what more <laughs> can you say, dude? Yeah, it's pretty simple, but I like it. All right, we do like to talk about the cast and crew. And this week, we have director, and amongst other things, even though he doesn't have these titles on this film, he's a producer, he's a writer, cinematographer, actor. Pretty much does it all, but I am speaking of Joe Bagos. And as far as directing credits, he is known for the films Almost Human, The Mind's Eye, and the film Bliss. And I've been curious about the movie Bliss. I've seen some yeah, pretty I've decent s- things about it. And it's, it was on Shudder as well, which I believe at one time maybe the Almost Human, it, I know it still might be. I've seen that movie too floating around a little bit. Right, we have writers Max Brelier and Matthew McArdle. Now, Max, he's known for the television series The Last Kids on Earth from 2019 through 2020. Mm. All right, we have cinematographer Mike Teston, and Mike, he's known for uh, such films as Three Days in L.A. He's also known for Ghost Town. He's done such things as um, four episodes of The Universe, which is a TV series documentary, which is really neat. He's also done a really bad Dracula. It's called Dracula Reborn. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's also done these films. Contracted, actually a much better film. And I believe there's a follow-up to that. Yeah, Contracted Phase 2. I'm kind of curious about those too, man. I've heard some pretty good things about those as well. But a few other things of note, he's also helped on Bliss. He's also helped on the films Hanging Dead and Dementia Part 2. All right. We have editor Josh Ethier. Now, he's also an actor in this film, and I'll mention that once we get into the cast. But uh, Josh, he's known for such things as 
scavengers. He's also helped on Contracted. He's also helped on Almost Human. He's helped on the television series Holliston from 2012 through 2013 for four episodes. I still need to watch that. He's also helped on the segment The Week and the Wicked for Tales of Halloween, another thing I need to still mm. watch. A film I have watched, he's edited the film Beyond the Gates. He's also helped on the segments Her Only Living Son and the Birthday Party for XX, which I started in on that. And the segments I watched were pretty decent. Like I still need to jump back on that, so that's yeah. my own fault. But a few other things of note, he's helped on Orphan First Kill, which has just been completed. He's helped on Gretel on Hansel from 2020, and he's also helped on the film Bliss. Okay. All right, we have Steve Moore is a guy we've actually talked about before. Back on episode 172 when we reviewed Mayhem. Right Now, I missed this the last time. I meant to bring this up. I don't believe I did, so if I am repeating myself, I apologize. But there's a film he did back in 2008. It's a film called Gutter Balls. Now, he went by Johnny Rossi. So when in between our oh, little segments okay. here, I was reading about that, and I was like, huh, curious. But I do know what Gutter Balls is, and that was a film by Ryan Nicholson, who's a Canadian director. I don't think that's a coincidence, but Unearthed did pick up a lot of his films, Gutter Balls being one of them. He's got some others that they're putting out, I think posthumously, too, because he passed away a couple years ago. Okay. Right? So um, I meant to bring that up last time. I was like, ah, that's kind of cool because that's a neat little, Mm -hmm. little thread there with Unearthed. All right. Now, Steve has also helped on the segment Phase 1 Clinical Trials for the VHS2 film. He's also helped on The Mind's Eye, the film Cub from 2014, Don't Knock Twice from 2016. He's also helped on Camera Obscura, Bliss, and he's done I Call Upon Thee, which is a short in the Eileen Warnos American Boogie Woman, along with Ted Bundy, American Boogie Men. I guess these are like... Mm. I don't know if they're TV dramas or, you know, made for TV yeah, movies, but whatnot. But know, something. Yeah, anywho. Moving along, we have producers Josh Ethier, Amanda Presmick, and Della Sonier. This was distributed by RLJE Films back in 2020 for all of media here in the United States. Had a release date at the Fantastic Fest here in the United States on September 21st, 2019. And stateside February 14th, Valentine's Day, coincidentally enough. Mm. Wow. 2020. It's coming up soon. I know. That's what I'm saying. And we do have a tagline, and it is, it's going to get bloody. Which, you know, that could be any film, but... (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, I mean... We'll talk about it. All we right. there's there's far worse taglines out there. Some that have nothing to do with the fucking movie that they're Dude, attached to. We've talked. That being about said, that. it's not a strong tagline. Has nothing to do with this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> well, other it does get bloody. It, yeah, I mean, it has its moments. It has its moments, but it's not specific enough. Yeah, it's not. It's very generic. Okay, so moving into the cast. Starting off, we have Stephen Lang plays the role of Fred Paris. Gentlemen, we've actually talked about before, back on episode 228. I was about to say, rather recently? Yeah. We reviewed Don't Breathe. Now, just a little walk down memory lane for a couple of other films people might recognize him from. He was in the film Last Exit to Brooklyn back in 1989. Some people might recognize him because he was in the film Gettysburg back in 1993. He was also in Tombstone as Ike Clayton. 
back in 1993. You might have also seen him in uh, such things as Gods and Generals back in 2003. He was in Public Enemies back in 2009. He won a bunch of awards for his role as Colonel Miles Quaritch in Avatar back in 2009. And uh, let's see here, just a little bit more recently, speaking uh, of Don't Breathe, he was in Don't Breathe too. So. Did you mention Manhunter? No, should have brought that up, but yeah. Freddie Lowndes. That's pretty wild. Freddie Fanables out there. Yeah, yeah, dude. There you go. He's got a couple of upcoming films, Avatar 2 and 3. He's got a and film. And like 4 and 5. Yeah. There's isn't, a, isn't Cameron making like an entire Avatar universe all at uh, once? Probably. Like it wouldn't surprise me. I see that he is voicing a very famous character in a Mario series. Oh, shit. I didn't realize they got him to be Bowser. That's wild, isn't it? Because that's the one that Chris Pratt's going to be Mario in, right? I think you're right. That's wild, man. Yeah, and he's been in a bunch of television. He's done some radio, web series, video games, stuff like that. So all over the place. Good on Steven. All right. Moving forward, we have William Sadler. He plays the role of Walter Reed. (laughs) Fucking first, that's awesome. Secondly, death? I know, dude. How awesome is that? Now, there's another big bad reason because this film, once again, keeps bringing its head up, but I'm going to talk about it here in just a second. A few other films to note from William. He was in Die Hard Part 2. He was in Rush from 1991. That's actually a really good film. He was in the 1993 film Freaked as Dick <laughs> Bryan. He was also in the Shawshank Redemption. He was in Demon Knight and Bordello of Blood, both of those Tales from the Crypt films. He was in The Green Mile back in 1999. I mean, August Rush. I mean, tons of films, man. Iron Man 3 is really cool. Machete Kills. (laughs) Ant-Man. And uh, more recently, he was in The Grudge and Bill and Ted Face the Music once again as Death. And he's in the upcoming Salem's Lot as Kurt Barlow. Good on him. All right, moving forward. Another gentleman we've talked about before. We've got Fred Williamson who plays the role of Abe Hawkins. We talked about him not too long ago. We talked about him back on episode 222 when we reviewed From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. Yeah, boy. So some people should know him because he was an American football defensive back, right? Played back in the 60s. The hammer. I know, man. Then he went on to star as Tommy Gibbs in the 73 crime drama Black Caesar and its sequel Hell Up in Harlem. Then he did some exploitation films, Hammer, Batman Bolt and Three the Hard Way, and he's been in a ton of other films along the way as well. So I'm one of those guys, dude, if we were, if we had all day to talk about him, we probably could because he's been in a ton of shit. All right, anyhow, moving forward, another really cool guy. I'm surprised this is our entry point in talking about him in terms of horror because he's been in some other shit, and I'm going to bring those up. But I'm talking about Martin Cove, plays the role of Lou Clayton. So I say you've been seeing a bit of Martin Cove lately, haven't you? It's weird, isn't it? Now, I think a lot of people, especially our generation, are going to recognize him as John Kreese. He was the head teacher of the Cobra Kai Karate Dojo, mm-hmm. right? And pretty much Karate Kid 1, Part 2, and Part 3. I mean, he rears his head. And then he's done such things as uh, Death Race 2000, back in 75. He was in White Line Fever. Now, I'm just reading some shit, of course, off of... Um, the Wikipedia. Now, I mean, you can see that he was in Rambo Part Two and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But man, you know a film that he was in that still pisses me off a little bit, and we'll eventually get to it. I know we will. But The Last House on the Left, Wes Craven's film from 1972. 
Oh, okay. Right. He's yeah, Debbie yeah. Harry. And I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, damn, this motherfucker does not age. <laughs> he looks <laughs> literally the same. He has he's never aged. But I don't want to get into it right now. I'm gonna reserve what I want to say, but I'm like, oh, he pissed he and this <laughs> other dude pissed me off in that film. All right, anyway, really cool to see him in this film. Look up his catalog. He's been on a ton of television along with films as well. All right, we have David Patrick Kelly plays the role of Doug McCarthy. Warriors. I know, dude. Come out and play. I was reading that that was actually improvised. Yes. Which is really neat. And he said that he drew inspiration, I guess, from like some kids that were bullies that used to do that. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, that's really cool, man. Now, for me, I recognize him. I mean, along with the Warriors, but more recently, interestingly enough, is because of David Lynch and Twin Peaks. Now, he was in the original run back in the early 90s, and then he reprised his role when it uh, came back mm. for the reboot. So that was really cool. I like unabashedly fucking kind of really dig the Adam Sandler Longest Yard, and he's Unger in that. Dude, that movie is actually really good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, both. Yeah, both <laughs> versions are actually really good. I know it's funny because we talked about Bill Goldberg being in that. And then because I like comedy, I know you do too, yeah. it's, uh, Joey Coco Diaz is in uh, that. Right, Coco. Uh, fucking uh, D12 makes a really quick it's appearance w- in it. Yeah, that's so weird. Uh, but it's cool <laughs> that they're in that. I, I Swerving mean, Irvin. I, just, I know we're not here for that, but. Man, there's so many people in that, dude. It's so good. The other things of note, I know not on this podcast, but we did it with General Nerdery when you oh, yeah. and Zach and I was along for The Crow, which is really cool. Now, we were also talking about him because he was in Flags of Our Fathers and The Blacklist, and he's got all kinds of other stuff. He was in Malcolm X. Um, yeah. I think he's also a musician. Yeah, he, he works with uh, Spike a lot, right? Yeah, which is really cool, man. Malcolm I know I'm probably Crooklyn, Shire I, I know I've I've skipped over a lot of his shit, but I mean he's been in a lot of stuff and it's really cool because he's a really good actor, man. All right, moving forward, another really recognizable person, another interesting like entry point, I guess, talking about him. But I'm talking about George Went plays the role of Thomas Brisky. and Mr. Went. A lot of people don't recognize him as Norm Peterson because but, of his his role on Cheers for, immediately. Forever. He'll always be Norm to me. <laughs> I know, man. Some people are going to recognize him because he was in the films Fletch. He was in Gung Ho, Dreamscape, House, Forever Young, Man of the House, and Lake Boat. Now, a series that you and I have actually done before, and we've done a couple episodes now, but he was in an episode of Masters of Horror, and mm. that episode is called, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's, yeah, it's actually called Family, and he plays the role of Harold Thompson. It's actually a really good episode. But, uh, yeah, that was like, I was surprised to see him in this, but it's cool to see him. All right, we have Tom Williamson plays the role of Sean Mason. He is like the the ranger, dead eye, young oh, okay. kid that comes yeah, in. Yeah. All right, some people might recognize him because he has a recurring role as A.J. Hensdale on the freeform drama The Fosters. And uh, this young gentleman, he's got a couple of things of note. He was in All Cheerleaders Die back in 2013. He was in Running Wild back in 2017 in Run, Hide, Fight back in 2020. These are films. A couple of television roles. I've already mentioned The Fosters, but you might have also seen him in an episode of NCIS. He was in Code Black and Idiot Setter back in 2017 and Blue Bloods for an episode back in 2018. 
I've got a few other people, and then I'll round out our cast and crew. I've got Sierra McCormick. She plays the role of a lizard in the film. And a few things of note from her. She was in the film Land of the Lost back in 2009 as one of the Tar Pit kids. She was also in Ramona and the Beezus back in 2010. Now, that's more of like, this is kind of getting to like Disney and Nickelodeon mm-hmm. kind of stuff. All right, she was also in Spooky Buddies back in 2011. More recently, she was in We Need to Do Something from last year. And uh, several things as far as television. She was in American Horror Stories for oh, uh, three episodes. Shit. Yeah, Scarlet. She's also the second Lilith on Supernatural. That was like some of the seasons I actually watched. Okay. That's yeah. why I recognize her. She was a fifth grade classmate in season two of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grade? hilarious. I uh, also read that she's from Asheville, North Carolina, oh. which is really cool. So big shout out to Asheville there. So, yeah. All right, moving forward, we have uh, Travis Hammer plays the role of Boz. Uh, a few things of note from Mr. Hammer is some people might recognize him because he was in the television series Alt as Charlie Thorne back in 2020. Some people might have seen him in The Unsettling, which is another television series back in 2019. He was in The Godless television series as John Doe back in 2017. He was also in Twin Peaks as a first trooper back in 2017, so he was a part of the reboot. He was also in Ray Donovan for a few episodes. He was in Independence Day Resurgence back in 2016. He was also a part of American Horror Story for an episode in 2015. Uh, He was in True Detective for an episode, which is really Mm. cool. He was a part of the Leftovers television series. Man, he plays a lot of freaking like cop roles, which is kind of funny. Yeah, that is. He was also in the movie Frank as a tree surgeon, which is really cool. I don't really see him as a cop. Like I'm looking at thinking of him in my mind, and like I don't get why he's getting all these cop roles. I think I probably would have first seen him as young Cavendish in uh, The Lone Ranger from 2013. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's been in several, like, independent films and what have you. All right, and I did mention earlier two of the guys that are also, like, a part of the crew. We've got Graham Skipper. He is a roadie who plays mm. the role of – well, I mean, roadie is the brother of Boz in this film. Right. We also have Josh Ethier who plays the role of Tank. And last but not least, we have uh, Linnea Wilson, who plays the role of Lucy, who is Lizard's sister. Sister, right. right. Now, Linnea, she was in the Murphy Brown television series back in 2018. And she also, I'm not sure if she, this is, I'm sure it is, but I think she voices, but she definitely plays the role of President Aid in the Rogue Warfare the Hunt and Death of a Nation series. Hmm, okay. So for those who are familiar with Rogue Warfare, that's who she is. But uh, yeah, that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. I do want to mention something about Graham Skipper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhodey, because this is one of the neater things. He's most famous for being Herbert West in the Reanimator yeah, musical. About. That's pretty dope, man. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, here he is. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about it. But that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? Warnings. I'm going to get this out of the way while we're talking about, like, cast and crew. I'm going to kind of give two sets of warnings. One of the set of warnings is, like, we don't research some of this stuff until we've already watched the movie. And, like, the set was shitty. And I think we should call it out, especially considering, like, the IATSE strike and shit just happened. We don't want to seem like we're endorsing shitty sets by... Oh, no. By, like, like covering this movie. No, no, come on now. It's kind of like when we when we talked about the Jess Franco Dracula. 
we didn't realize Klaus Kinski was such a shitty guy. Right. We I mean, probably still would have covered the movie. Right. But we would have went into it thinking of it different. That's a solid point. And like with this one, we probably still would have covered the movie. Maybe not like a month after those strikes happened. Yeah. It's weird. Considering some of the shit that went down. Like, so Fred Williamson was accused of sexual assault. I didn't know all that. Yeah, I didn't know that. And, like, people quit. Did you read about the other thing? Maybe. With the extras? I don't know. Okay, so here's the other fucked up thing about this set. Like, apparently they didn't really, like, they weren't going to shell out for stunt people, apparently. And they just had the actors beat on some of the fucking extras for these scenes, fight scenes. Jesus. And they just, like, beat the shit out of a few extras. (laughs) Damn. It's like, yeah, just fuck them up. Which, like... To some people, might not sound like the worst thing in the world. That's a big no-no. You don't do that shit. No, that's that's a, yeah, exactly. That's a good way to get hurt and lose your job. And this is supposed to like this is one of those things. Working in Hollywood, it's supposed to be the dream. Don't fucking ruin people's dreams by doing all this yeah, bullshit. Don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. And it goes a little bit further than just this movie. Like this entire production company, it sounds like was Sinistar or something. Yeah. 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 Like, one of the higher-ups there this same year was, like... I read about that. Yeah, yeah, The same year this was put out, he was nicked on, like, child sexual assault charges. He he already had a reputation for being sexually aggressive. Apparently all around, like, the Texas indie scene. And it sounds like, from what I was reading on some of the articles that I looked into on this shit, that it was... Two of the producers, uh, Sonia and Presmic, that were the ones looking the other way when this shit was going on. Sonia has just enough, like, distance where maybe he didn't quite know the details. Presmic definitely, like, looked the other way on this shit. That's bad. And apparently they were the ones that, like, when the allegations came up against Williamson, were just like, that's tough, use a buddy system around him. I didn't read some of that. That's fucking... So, once again, we didn't know that shit going into it. No. We probably still, like, we're going to admittedly say we probably still would have ended up covering this movie. We fully back, like, the Yahtzee people, getting people treated right on sets. We don't want to make it seem like we're endorsing that sort of behavior. Precisely. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you put that out there because otherwise it's just like, what what are you guys doing? Yeah. It's like, no, we don't condone any of that shit. I didn't know about some of that shit till this morning. And by that Likewise. time, it was like too late. I was like, oh, fuck. Well, yeah, we've already chose this film. We were already invested into it. So, yeah, exactly. But it's just, it's one of those things that it's out of our control. And, you know, it isn't, like with the fact, yeah, that we're not going to review a film or nothing like that. But sometimes it's nice to put that disclaimer out there just for the, for those, right. you know, who need it. Now, the other warnings, like if, you haven't watched this movie, and it sounds interesting based on the premise, and you actually want to watch it. Right, right, right. Is language, frank sexual humor, and a good bit of gore and blood and violence. Yeah, absolutely. Can't argue with that. And I guess drug use. There's not actually much drug use on screen. and The most graphic drug use is lighting up a fucking joint. You could, I guess yeah. you could argue sniffing up the fucking hype or whatever, but it doesn't look like anything you fucking have taken before. And I know. it's, I mean, I guess like if you're a recovering addict, then somebody fucking 
snorting fucking drugs might seem graphic. Yeah. But it doesn't look very graphic. No, and it's not a real drug to begin with. Yeah. So there's that too. So but drugs, alcohol, it's everything else. W, like they're drinking. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that should be a given. So there's that and you know, for the most part, if if we miss anything, and we've already talked about this before in the past, if we get to it and we forgot to talk about it right now, we'll bring it up before we get all kinds of invested into it. Let's talk about VFW. Find out how it made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, VFW, Veterans Foreign Wars. I mean, this was both of our first times with this, right? True story. Yeah. yeah. This was fun. Definitely a Grindhouse film. Was not expecting that. I've even watched the trailer for this. I wasn't expecting it. Not like that, yeah. There's some surprise to it that I liked about it. Midway through the week, when you had told me that you had watched like the first half of the movie or whatever, I think that's what you said, and said that it had some similarities to like Hobo with a Shotgun, I was kind of thinking like, what the fuck? How? And then I watched it and I'm like, oh no, this is kind of Hobo with a Shotgun. Like it's... Bit. It's toned down. It's not as over the top as Hobo, but that doesn't mean it's normal. It's still over the top. It's just not that. I agree. I would say that you're right on the money with saying it's a little bit more scaled back. Yeah. But it's still like (laughs) the villains are cartoonishly evil at all times for no reason, which is kind of amazing. (laughs) And that's why it, made me think so much of Hobo. The veterans, on the other hand, seem a little bit more grounded in reality. I agree with that as well. Yeah, so there was a mix of that, mm-hmm. both of those dynamics. Oh, man. I will say, I'm going to get this out of the way now, though. Like, it's kind of a bummer after watching Don't Breathe, because Stephen Lang isn't as big of a badass as Fred as he was as fucking blind oh, guy. Oh, I know. I can't really fault him because of the character. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, I agree with there. He's still a badass in this. Yeah, he, he holds kicks his own. Ass. He holds his own for sure, but... Kills the fuck out of some people. He's not the same character. No. No, not even close. How awesome would that have been? If all of those guys were like that? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, if the platoon it's was It's a lot all, different movie. Wow. Yeah. That would have been awesome, but... You also have to think, like you said, you were right, I think, with the platoon, the the Vietnam guys, mm-hmm. as they're more rooted in reality, like they're realistic compared to the Hypers and mm-hmm. Boz and his little gang. Yeah, they're, they're a bit more cartoonish, comic bookish, you know? Well, I mean, like, from the get-go, <laughs> why does that guy get the fucking axe to the forehead like three seconds into the movie? I don't know. He, he comes By the way, like a dude gets an axe to the forehead. He comes in with Rhodey, and I guess he's just almost a, right away. Just a junkie, yeah. yeah. And they're like, fuck it, just wham. Right in the head. They're like, oh, okay. And then I was <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is the movie we're getting. All right, cool. And then Boz gets the chick to jump. What was her name? Lucy. Lucy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I kept thinking, I'm like, I know it's not Lizard. It's Lizard's sister. Yeah, she basically jumps because he has some of the drug, the hype, mm-hmm. tosses it, and he's like, go get it. <laughs> and she does. <laughs> Splat. Which is both really fucking dumb, 
but it is like a great little like super quick mini storytelling beat of telling you like this is what the drugs doing to people this is what you're going to be dealing with the rest of the movie it's kind of just like a rage zombie movie it really is it's kind of I there's a few films that we've talked about kind of in this sub-genre, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean Grindhouse. It's more kind of like that 80s. When I'm referred to as films like Chud and The Stuff okay. and shit like that, where it has this very grimy, I don't know, almost... Everything feels dirty. Yeah. <laughs> the film itself almost feels like it's a little extra grimy. <laughs> I was going say, like... it feels grimy. and I, I didn't want to say slimy, but... It does. It makes you feel kind of dirty, mm-hmm. you know. But this film has a little bit of that. <laughs> also, when Lucy jumps <laughs> and when she splats, this movie isn't near as over the top as the one I'm about to mention. But her splat, did you think for just a second, Adam Chaplin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad comparison because there's another moment in this film much later on that has a little bit more of that. I wonder if I... One in particular... Ooh, I'm trying to think of which one you're you're referencing. Knee to the face? Repeated knees? That's, you could argue that one, but that's not mm-hmm. what I'm referring to. Okay. But I could see why you would bring that one up too, because that's, yeah, that's <laughs> right out of that. <laughs> right out of the playbook. Okay. Just point it out when we get there, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get there. All right. Yeah, so. But you also have the inner cuts of the, the vets are going to the bar. Exactly. And we find out that Fred, who's played by Stephen Lang, it also happens to be his birthday. And Fred played by Stephen Lang, not Fred, the actor that's on I, set. If that's not confusing enough. Especially because I'm pretty sure in my notes I just wrote down Fred Williamson instead of his character's name the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I kept messing people's names up in my notes. I was like, fuck. Kind of like it's also Norm for the little bit that he's in here. I know, dude. I know. It's not Z or Thomas or whatever. It's Norm. <laughs> All right. But you're right. The whole point is, is the old gang is back together. They're wanting to celebrate Stephen Lang's character's birthday. Mm-hmm. And they're going over these like old anecdotal stories. One of them happens to be about William Sadler's character knocking out Stephen Lang back in Nam and all that shit. And not realizing his rank until he woke up and told him something. And did you write down or remember what he said? Soldier, do you like American Poontang? <laughs> Why, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then he goes into the story about, was it 1963, Mrs. Play, mm-hmm. Playboy, Playmate, whatever, shaking her thing and doing all that nonsense. They get into the story. So what it amounts to is he wants to return the favor. And so he's got them. Um, tickets because that, that playmate has a daughter who's stripping right down the road or whatever <laughs> right and uh yeah now is her chance to go see her which honestly that's hilarious and if one of my friends was like yo you remember when we saw that chick naked 40 years ago she has a daughter who we can also see naked i would probably be like that is insane we have to go do this <laughs> i know what are the odds that yeah this is going to happen in our lifetime now, I also, I want to back it up just a second. William Sadler's character's <laughs> introduction might be one of my favorite character <laughs> introductions we have ever seen in a That's fucking movie good. so far. Because you have this awesome back and forth in the cab of the truck 
going between Fred and Fred. <laughs> yeah, Fred, Fred. <laughs> Stephen Lang and Fred Williamson. Fred and fuck, what's his character's name? Abe. Abe. And it just seems like they're going to go hang out and they're supposed to meet up their boys. And when they jump out and suddenly Stephen Lang raps on the side of the truck. Like, what the and fuck? William Sadler was in the fucking bed the entire time and he just pops up half fucking drunk. Like, that was amazing. That says fucking volumes in two seconds. Yeah, I was not anticipating that at all. But that was an awesome intro. I agree. Totally was. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to fucking... They're they're wanting to go see titties. Yeah. And in the meantime, a little bit earlier on in the film, when Rhodey comes in, he talks about the fact that he's found a buyer. Mm -hmm. And it's like... A $500,000 deal, essentially. And so, you know, Boz is like, all right, let's get all our shit together. And that sets off some things that's going to happen because of the result of what happened to Lucy. And what I mean by that is... is Lucy's dead. Yeah, Lucy's <laughs> dead. But Lucy, and we mentioned earlier in the credits, that Lizard, which is a name of a female character. Yeah, li uh, Elizabeth. She right. does mention it that it's Elizabeth. but Right. So... That's Lucy's her sister, and she winds up making off with hype, which is the drug, the stash, the stash, the book bag with all the shit, and her boy Doug, played by David Patrick Kelly, he's out smoking a joint. He's our resident stoner in the film, and he's out admiring the dark and the stars and all that fun stuff. And then he notices that girl running, and the guys chasing her. And he's like, "What the fuck?" And he runs in and tell the guys, "Like, there's some girl." <laughs> And she kind of mows him over mm -hmm. and then comes in. Who's it? Rhodey and Tank. Yeah. yeah. And so they're, you know, doing the business and uh, Rhodey wants to get his fucking head blown off. <laughs> that was fucking wild, right? <laughs> like, I was like, holy yes. shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking scanners in this bitch. I know. That's like, damn, this movie is getting super grindhouse. I wasn't just like, but very similar to Hobo with a shotgun once again. And on top of it, you get some of that synth score as well. So mm. it has a little bit of that old school feel too, which I really like. So you get all kinds of neat little shit in, in between that little segment. All right, this is the spoiler section, so I'm going to bring this up right away because he did just get fucking axed in. You know, as we're recounting this, he did just get axed in the fucking. So <laughs> you want to ax me something? <laughs> torso. <laughs> this movie takes like the fucking three or four actors, however many it is, that I have the most personal connection to and kills those fuckers. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, because... Because uh, fucking... Doug, first off, why'd you guys have to go kill the stoner? I know, that's fucked up. I mean, he lives most of the movie, but... But he gets whacked, right? Like, right... Right off the bat, <clears throat> the guy that I probably have the most connection to... Gets fucking whacked. It's like, what the fuck? The next guy to die is fucking Norm. Norm. Yeah, he goes outside, and he just gets mowed down by that gang of hypers, is what they call them. That's it. He gets fucked up. And then, at the end, you have fucking death dying. I know. So, like, <laughs> the three guys I have connected to my entire life get fucked up in this movie. That's a solid point. And the other one, like, I like Fred Willett. Well, he's fine. <laughs> I like Stephen Lang. Yeah. Like this, I, I can't remember his name, but that new black kid, he needs to get more work. He was really good. 
because he was good in this, and like it kind of makes me sad that he hasn't gotten more role, you know, more bigger yeah. roles since since. Although I guess it is a pretty recent movie still. I, yeah, his last name is Williamson too, but I, I don't think he's related to Fred. Mm. Just coincidental. But like, I don't care as much about those guys. Yeah, I mean, I cared about Stephen's character in this movie. Like Fred was cool, but yeah, uh, but you know, it's like ah, oh, dude, why death? Why Martin Cove? Yeah. Another one? Oh yeah, Martin Cove. I'm like, there's another guy from my fucking shop. Like, grew up seeing this guy, dude. And you're gonna whack Cobra him too? <laughs> Sweep the leg. He got fucker. fucked up. Yeah. So the characters that you're right that we kind of grew up and were more attached to get off in this film. Coincidentally, however, <laughs> while I'm going off on these little rants and while I'm interrupting the movie anyway, ah, it's it is what it is, man. This is a better Expendables than Expendables. Maybe a controversial statement. <laughs> but when you look at the fucking bodies of work that these men have achieved, yeah. they're just as high up there as those other guys in yeah. in their own ways. I mean, I, obviously, none of these guys were like the biggest fucking no. action star on earth at some point. No, like, but they've been into some acclaimed and critically acclaimed films, and some of them have won some pretty prestigious awards too. So it's not like these are you know schlubs or anything like that mm -hmm. there's still actors everyone from our generation recognize which oh, is yeah. what the expendables was supposed to be and that movie was just fine yeah it was all right this one i i actively liked like i enjoyed watching this <laughs> i like that they went the, the grindhouse route with it mm -hmm. you know yeah there were some things i just like anything else there's critiques we all have and there's things that could have been better probably could have been worse too but I like it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, now they're under attack, right? Shit just popped off. Fuck, man. Why you got to do T-Bird like that? <laughs> I know that's fucked up, right? What did I put? Fred, who is Stephen Lee, he winds up going into the, his truck, and that's when Gutter, who is the, the female character mm -hmm. with Boz, she winds up attacking him. And he learns some information, unbeknownst to him at the time, because she's like, give it back. And he doesn't know what the fuck it is. And then she winds up getting chased off. Right? And when he goes back in, he winds up confronting Liz, Lizard, about that. And then she, you know, she comes clean, explains what the fuck is happening. You know, with the drugs, her sister, mm -hmm. Boz, all that crazy shit. And I wrote down a quote. I thought it was, it's silly, but it was kind of funny. Was where... They're all kind of like regrouping and they're coming up with the strategy and what they want to do. And fucking Doug, William Sadler. Yeah. He's like, remember the Alamo? And they're like, yeah, they all fucking died. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, no. he dubs you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lou's like, remember the Alamo, isn't he? Was it, was it Lou? I can't remember. I thought it was, it was one of the two. Because Doug's the one at the very end that can, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> From the table. I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have gone that way. But it's still funny. It's like, remember that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all died. Dumb shit. <laughs> it was funny, man. It was funny. I did write that down. That's when you ha you have to have a montage in the film, too. Gotta have a montage. And they're basically just using whatever little tools they have and setting little booby traps and what have you. This fucking... Gotta have a montage. It didn't bug me the first time through, then I noticed it the second time through. When they're having this first montage, getting their weapons together, why didn't fucking 
Fred reclaim his old knife then? Not for Fred Williamson. Right, right, right. Because he waits till like the last one to go grab his fucking giant ass knife off the wall. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Like he has a giant ass knife within reach. You don't have to go fashion <laughs> fucking Wolverine claws. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. He was on some other shit. We've already talked about that. Yeah. So maybe he was using a lot of improv in this film. Who knows? I don't know. But like I said, it doesn't break a movie. No, it it's doesn't. just dumb. It's like, yeah, there's not much logic in that. But I get where you're coming from. Even if he doesn't grab, somebody else should have been like, Ew, yo, shouldn't fuck? we use this fucking half a machete that's hanging on the wall? Okay. <laughs> Hear me out on this just for a second. Yeah. All right. Now, we work in a place where things like that are obvious to us, mm-hmm. where a lot of people don't look up or look down for stuff. So I want to <laughs> I wanna give him the out and say, he's as a normie in that situation. But he should have known better, too. I mean, that's the argument. It's like, dude, that's within... You can see that. It's obvious. I mean, and it's just fucking stupid screenwriting shit. To yeah, of course it, it is. Towards of the course end. Like, it is. I get that, but you got to do it with smart shit. And no, yeah, not only that, but this is not his first time in that establishment, Yeah, you would assume. Well, because it's his fucking knife hanging on the wall. That's what the fuck I'm getting at. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't that be the first thing he goes for? Mm. Yes. Anyway. The writing was... But okay, it wasn't bad either, but it wasn't great. All right, there we go. <laughs> all right. Anyway, like so once they set all the booby traps, do all that nonsense. This is where I said, this is where it reminds me more of Adam Chaplin. Okay. Because one of the characters, Tank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uses yeah. One I know of those hypers mm-hmm. and keeps smashing his fucking head into the door until the door breaks down. <laughs> You're like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, so there's moments like that in this film, and the knee too. I like those are probably are the most Adam Chaplin moments. Some of the, I should say, not mm-hmm. the two, but yeah, some of the most memorable moments from that. Yeah, that sets off a whole kind of like, you know, a melee inside with the hypers and the guys and all that shit. Which look, not too bad. It's cool seeing the old guys fucking kick some ass. The young guy gets all the coolest kills in this movie. He does because he gets the fucking Dude. he gets. First off, he saved him earlier with like that was the awesome. super like he sniped them all with the pistol, the fucking dead eye. Yeah, I'm like okay, yeah, because <laughs> William Sadler, he's like, I'll get the one on the left. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Then you're right, dude. Just boom, 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 and let's get back inside. And then during this melee, he fucking pops the the guy's head. <laughs> Onto the fucking that deer antlers, so fucking and that gnarly. was gnar shit. I like that a lot. And then he finishes it off with the knees to the face. Dude, he went all for it. And you're right, his character was a badass. He got some really cool kills. I'm not complaining. <laughs> Get on him. All right, this pretty much runs off whatever last little bit of the hypers back to Boz and his little mm-hmm. thing and all that shit. But Lou... It appears that he's starting to lose his marbles a little bit, and he wants to broker a deal with Boz. And his stupid ass, he's like, you know, hey, we'll give you the drugs and all that shit if you just let us go. And he's like, well, I'm sorry I can't do that because you killed my brother earlier, so I'm going to have to kill all of you guys and take my shit back. (laughs) Right? And he's like, uh, that, that's, that's not how that works. He's like, 
I'm not really in charge. He's he, he's doing that whole game, mm-hmm. right? And to his credit, he does fend himself off because he knows he's going to die in that situation regardless. Look, also to his credit, like if you watch enough of these movies, you've seen this kind of character before. Like, oh, no doubt, no doubt. You see the guy that breaks down and turns coward and goes and tries to make a fucking deal and shit. Yeah, just to worm his way out of it. Like, he wasn't as bad as any of them. No, he wasn't. He was still, like, kind of holding his cool. He was kind of more just overconfident than he was coward. Yeah, he went in with that fucking salesman's pitch. (laughs) I'm a car salesman. That's he went in with that angle and it didn't work and he's like oh shit I got and then yeah the when shit goes down he actually throws down a little bit it's not his fault that fucking boss uh, puts six in his chest yeah that was the chicken shit way out but I mean you know if I got a pistol I'm fuck him yeah. <laughs> you know fuck it do this the easy way or the hard way and I know about smart and hard ways mm-hmm. so anyway that's what it results in and because Lou Martin Cove gets shot, killed. Stephen Lang also gets winged in the leg before he gets back inside by fucking Boz, popped him. On top of that, this is when our boy David Patrick Kelly, Doug, he dies. Right. Right? And you're like, damn. And then Fred pretty much, he's, it sounds like he's kind of just, fuck it. He's kind of giving up. He's, he's over it. I do. <laughs> it is funny because, like, earlier in the movie, he turns down the weed. He's like, the only poison I'm putting in this wonderful body... Is this alcohol? Yeah. And then it gets to this point in the movie, and he's like, cool, I'm going to just go full-on Scarface in this fucking hype. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, Larry, let me just, let me do <laughs> You're like, oh, shit. All right. God damn. And he does. And it doesn't do anything for him, as near as I can tell. Nah, no. He doesn't really, like, you would think after that he would, like, berserker rage or something, right? I know. I mean, he he's like, I'm taking the point now. But that's like. But he doesn't really. No, no, he doesn't. Stephen still, like, is in charge of the way that that standoff plays out. And right, because even, who is it, uh, William Sadler's character, he's like, yeah, he's back. It's, it's something to that effect, you know, after the girl goes in there and has her little speech with him and all that mm-hmm. nonsense. You get a point where Boz and who is it, Gutter and his little crew, they have that little standoff with the drugs. And... Stephen Lang winds up tossing it in the air, and then Mason, the, the black kid, shoots that it. that standoff kind of remind you of From Dust Till Dawn a little bit? Yes, it kind of does. <laughs> and Especially with Fred Williamson being there. <laughs> it makes me wonder, like, they, they were probably paying homage or little nods here and there, and mm-hmm. it would make sense because these guys are probably around our age, maybe a little bit older, and they would probably grew up on the same shit. It mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. But anyhow... Really what this does is it kind of sets off this carnage is what I put it. And William Sadler's character gets a hold of that fucking buzzsaw and has his like little dead alive moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's going to town on some of those hypers. I thought that could be better for how like, it could have been. that he was they, using. They cut away on it too when he was starting to get into it. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, ah. Which like they haven't been cut. They didn't cut away no. with much of the other shit in the movie. no. One thing they did do, not that it makes up for it, but it, it was decent, was uh, that gal Gutter and Fred Williamson's character mm-hmm. were going at it, and then Stephen Lang gets her. Yeah, the flag impaled. Yeah, that killer. was pretty good. She gets it right through the chest, and then right through her fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's pretty that damn decent. Good. Not bad. All right, 
William Sadler's character and the kid Mason, are, they're out at that gun truck. I think that's mm. what they call it. And he winds up getting it with a chainsaw. One of those fucking guys gets him with a chain around his neck, gets the chainsaw, the kid helps him off. He makes his little last stand. Yeah, he knows he's fucked. Yeah. He's like, he sees Boz. He's got the girl. Stephen Lay, he's slow as quail shit. <laughs> right? He goes over there. They have their little standoff. The girl drops, what, like the lighter into the book bag. It sets the shit on fire. Catches um, dude on fire. Yeah, catches him off guard too. And then William Sadler winds up driving that truck into the guy. This is after Stephen Lang pops around off in him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck dude him. gets overkilled. He gets he is so overkilled. <laughs> it's like MacGruber shit. <laughs> right? He gets slammed into the car. It blows up the truck. Boz and William Sadler's character, that is. They wind up dying as in a result. The gal, Lizard, Stephen Lang, Fred Williamson, and uh, the kid. Yeah, yeah, Sean. Yeah, I think that's all of them, right, that yeah. are left. And they wind up finding, quote-unquote, finding. One last key. One last key, yeah. And they're like, how much street? But because apparently that deal is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, it's enough to pretty much cover repairs and a little extra. And they kind of laugh it off. But I'm like, that's, yeah, I mean, I get that. But you fucking all your dudes just died. Yeah. And there's all kinds of carnage. And that's a hell of a cleanup job <laughs> that even Dexter is going to have a little bit of a rough time with. So, you know. Dude, when they said, like, one of the rooms is filled with body parts because when they set off that Jesus, grenade. Jesus, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of bodies. Yeah, we didn't mention that. You're right. That that little log thing, that got a couple of people. Mm-hmm. There's some bodies from earlier where they're blasting heads off and slicing people and shit. So there, there's a lot of carnage. Fucking William Sadler stomped out that one Dude. guy's skull. <laughs> I was going to say, some of the kills, were they were entertaining. Mm-hmm. And they kept me involved. Because it's a pretty simple, linear plot. There's not much involved. It's a pretty basic fucking story. Like we said earlier, the premise is the movie. Yeah, it's really simple. It's just the stuff that happens... Along the way. And who's going to live by the end. Right. We mentioned the people that we grew up with that we're a little bit more attached to. All fucking die. All fucking die. And there's no discredit to anybody who survives, but it's just like, ah. Stephen Lang isn't as big of a badass as he is in No Breathe. I mean, I'm still going to say this movie is like a solid B. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Like, I, I wouldn't go anywhere above that, in my opinion. I'd say at the worst, like a... Like a C minus, maybe at the maybe. worst. Yeah, at the worst. But yeah, somewhere like in a B range, B minus. I have seen some kind of weird, ridiculous criticism of this movie. I saw somebody like said that this movie was basically just like old guys whining about how shitty fucking young millennials are, and I'm like, did that happen once in this movie? I don't think so, dude. I mean, if they if they did, it at was, worst they if they did, it was drugs. like super quickly one off in that oh, opening yeah. conversation in the truck. And even then, I think they were just whining about fucking junkies. Because it was set up that way anyway, yeah. with the news reports and everything else. Everybody the was establishing whining about shots. The place I mean that's it's in his neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the drive over to where he works and where he hangs out all that shit. So I mean it's already established. Yeah. It wasn't any like older is better type no, bullshit. Uh, fuck no. I think that was just people looking for some shit, looking for a narrative. Fucking idiots. 
I didn't read into that at all. No. No, I didn't catch that at all. I mean, honestly, I was kind of surprised by, like, how weirdly accepting huh. some of the characters were for kind of, like, who they're supposed to be and the fact that they are supposed to be, like, grizzled old assholes. I know. Like, Stephen Lang doesn't fucking question it for a second when, like, Elizabeth's like, name's Elizabeth, call me Lizard. He's just, like, Lizard, and he makes sure to, like, use her preferred name. Like, Fred Williamson's kind of an asshole to Sean when he first comes in, yeah. and he apologizes for it, like, two scenes later, because he's like, yo, uh, that was kind of fucked up, but... Yeah. And you're right, right. And I like that, because it shows the bridge. I mm-hmm. guess they're they're trying to, you know, close or, or cross in that, that circumstance. Now, something we didn't bring up, and it has a little to do with the film, more so with maybe our experiences in these places. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask, what is your experience, if you have any, with VFWs? Like I've caught shows at the VFW downtown. <laughs> yeah, likewise, likewise. Both grandpas were veterans. I didn't go hang out in VFWs because of that. There, I don't know if there was one in Superior. Okay. Like, I'm, like I know there was like a VFW organization but i don't think like there wasn't like a vfw bar to go hang out gotcha. at. like because gotcha. like my grandma was part of the vfw ladies auxiliary and stuff growing up and nice. uh, i do remember that very specifically because that meant that occasionally i would go <laughs> to the store and see her sitting outside doing one of their fundraisers or something and i'd just be like oh hey grandma like hell yeah that's awesome man yeah kind of similar my grandfather on my dad's side so my my dad's father my paternal grandfather and my maternal grandfather both were uh, veterans but because i grew up with my grandmother she used to go to vfw halls in mm. moose lodges a lot mm. so <laughs> as a byproduct of that my brother and i or like my sisters or whoever else was with us would tag along so man i learned how to like shoot pool and quote unquote hustle a little bit and shit in these places and stuff like that and it was kind of interesting man so i, I kind of Got to grow up around a lot older people, like an older generation growing up. And I'm glad that I got to experience that because, you know, it gave me, I think, a, a better appreciation for, you know, I hate to say it like that, but, you know, for not just older people. But I think some of the shit they try to tell you mm-hmm. or try to impart to you, like stuff that you might take for granted. And anyhow, like I, I think I owe a lot of that stuff to some of these places. It was kind of cool that. That was the main setting was inside of a VFW hall. Or I will say it post. did feel like we might not have had a VFW post in Superior, but it did feel kind of familiar considering just how many veterans we had in town yeah. and the fact yeah. that my mom was a bartender for a number of years. And so I would go hang out in the bar at times. And so it would be a bar full of vets yeah. at times. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So not quite the same, but... Kind of the same vibe at times. I know what you're saying. It's still the experience regardless. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm getting out of it. And that's why I think it's it's kind of interesting to see, in this case, the quote-unquote expendables of mm-hmm. this little gang. You know, because, yeah, all these guys have a, an established career, you know, in their own respective rights. And they do a good job with the characters that they portray. It was a fun film. I mean, it's not like anything that's going to blow your fucking mind or nothing like that. But I would say, in my opinion, it pairs well with Hobo. I know we brought it up yeah. several times. It would be a fun, like, little, you know, back-to-back double feature or what have you. Mm-hmm. little Grindhouse feature. But, uh, man, not bad, man. It was fun. It was yeah, a fun little film. 
Glad we watched it for Likewise. sure. So we know what we're doing next week. Well, I know, dude. Check us out. What? <laughs> Say what? New Year, new us. So <laughs> weird thing is, we talked about doing this movie this week. And then something happened to where <laughs> we decided we probably should do the movie. I uh, know, right? So we almost did Lake Placid instead of doing VFW. And then Betty White died. <sighs> so now we're definitely doing Lake Placid. I know. And so this is this is for you, Betty. This one's for you, Betty. It'll probably come out somewhere around when her birthday would have been. I'm not going to try to time it exactly. But we'll do what we can <laughs> to send her off. Especially because, very weirdly, we already almost did it this week. I know. What are the odds? But uh, stranger things on this podcast. Mm -hmm. But for this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms. Out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, we highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments, questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Uh, scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ats. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.